Something's, things happening in your life. There's a brokenness. And that's what I want to deal with today because Jesus didn't come to mask it over. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to give you a, a brief relief from your brokenheartedness. That's right. When he opened the scroll, it said he came to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. So I believe before this day is over, we saw so much. We saw the Lord move in such a powerful way in the first service. We're going to see the same thing today in this second service, I believe, with all my heart. Amen. We have a lot of ministry team here, and you're really going to have to be alert and aware and being led by the Spirit today to pray for people. Because I believe that nobody wants to carry that stuff forever. They want to be released from it. But you know what? The world teaches a way to be released from stress and, and brokenness. And so I thought, a lot of times we start a message with a video, but I thought this song was more appropriate to start with to lead into the sermon. So you might know it. I don't know if you know it or not, but count us off there, Mario. with a broken heart. Some of you don't even have a clue what you just heard or you sung or you've danced to all your life. You might think it's funny, but after I get through with this sermon, you're going to think, wow, why did I ever participate with that crud? Let's just line dance our way through the, through the broken heartedness and let's just get it all out here on the, on the dance floor. Don't tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart, I just don't think he'd understand. Some of you have done that. You are not telling your heart what you're really going through. Because you don't think he'll understand. Your heart, won't, your heart actually can't take it. And if you tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart, listen to the last line of this chorus that y'all smiled to and y'all just danced in. I don't even know how it goes. He might blow up and kill this man. Isn't that funny? People sing that, and they dance to it, and they drink to it, and they club to it, and they think, this is going to cure all my ills. That's how the world deals with brokenheartedness. Mask it over. Drink it over. Pill it over. Whatever you got to do, sex it over. Do something so you don't have to deal with the brokenheartedness. But Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He does not want you to carry that anymore. 
This whole sermon series is about what did Jesus do? Well, he came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. That word healed means whole. It doesn't mean partial. He wants to set you free today because many of you, you carry that baggage around and you don't think anybody knows about it, but it's written all over your face. It's written all over your life. It's written all over your family because you have not dealt with it. You have not let the Holy Spirit come and heal you of what hurts you, what has broken you. So I think today you ought to get excited. If you've walked in here and, man, you're a part of the Lonely Hearts Club band, and you've walked in here and you feel like God is not, he hasn't done this for you. You're going to hold on to this till the day you die. You're going to carry this hurt to the grave. Some of you have actually vowed that stuff. I'm going to carry this hurt to my grave. Nobody's going to know about it but me and God. Well, God knows about it, but he wants to get you out of it. He wants to set you free from it. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The power of the Holy Spirit has come upon him to preach the gospel to the poor. Who's supposed to preach the gospel to the poor? We are. Thank you. Good answer. Well, if we're supposed to do what Jesus did, he said the next thing he says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Who's supposed to be a part of seeing people healed, the, the brokenhearted people healed? We are. He has called us. He's equipping us. He's going to equip you today to bring healing to those that are hurting. He also said he's, he's came to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. We're going to get into those in the next couple of weeks. To set at liberty those who are oppressed or depressed to proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Do you believe that? A good definition of a broken heart is a person that has been extremely devastated by lo- a loss of some kind or another. Anybody had a loss in here? Of some kind or another. Usually it's associated with a... The brokenheartedness is associated with the loss of a loved one. Anybody ever lost a loved one in here? Sometimes it's not just the loss of a loved one. It's a separation from a loved one. Anybody have been separated from a loved one in here this morning? Well, God wants to heal your hurt today. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. When you think about Jesus, you ought to think about him a lot because he thinks about you all the time. He left heaven. He came here fully God, but also fully man, right? What do you think when he stepped out into the arena of life on that day? What do you think Jesus saw when he looked around him? He saw these things. He saw devastation. He saw brokenhearted people. He saw religion that was horrible. He saw betrayal. He knew betrayal. He knew hurt. He saw sin that was running rampant. He saw sexual perversion. He saw prostitution. Everywhere he looked, he saw people that were broken. He remember, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. He had these emotions. He had these feelings. And he looked upon them. In Matthew 9, 36 says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Can you imagine the hurt in his heart? When he looked across mankind that he created and saw the devastation. It says he looked upon them with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's who he came for. And he sees it today. It's still rampant today. People are still in the same positions and circumstances today. And he has come 
to heal the brokenhearted. And many of the brokenhearted are sitting right here in this room today. And they're in church pews all across America. Brokenhearted people are sitting there. And you know why the kingdom of God is not advanced in power? Because they're so caught up in self-pity and their own brokenness that they can't be, they can't be equipped in doing what God wants them to do for the kingdom. They're so self-focused. So this message is about liberation, So we, not so we can be free necessarily, but so God can use us in the kingdom of God. So we can be free to bring glory and honor to him. But it also works for you, too. It brings freedom to you. John 14, 12, one of the, the verse that we've been using through this whole time has been, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. He will do also. That he's talking about the, whoever believes in him, the whosoever's. Say, I'm a whosoever. Okay, he wasn't just talking to the disciples that day. He said, whosoever believes in me. The works that I do, he said, you will do, but not only that, greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. He was leaving. He was about to leave and go to his father. So he said, I want you to do the works that I've been doing. What did Jesus do? What would Jesus do? We got to know what he did before we'll know what we should do. And God said, preach the gospel to the poor, Jesus. Heal the brokenhearted. So today, not only I believe are you going to get healed, but you're going to have it. You're going to be a vessel for healing for other people. And that's how the kingdom of God advances. That's how he gets glory when we get free and then we set somebody else free. Now, I've got I've got a few points I want to make. If you want to write these down, I think it would be beneficial for you. I looked at scriptures and I've been praying about what what passage should I use? And John 14 was the one that I went to. I looked at Psalm 51 and I looked at how David, he said, created me a clean heart of God. He had, he had, he had slept with Bathsheba. He had had her husband killed. He'd done uh, horrible things. He had lost his son. And he went and repented after Nathan approached him. He went and repented. In Psalm 51, it's his prayer of repentance. And he said, and when he said, created me a clean heart of God. And then he also said, restore the joy of your salvation. Then another thing he said was, do not take or remove your Holy Spirit from me. So I didn't want to preach from that passage because as Christians, the Holy Spirit does not leave us. In the Old Testament, come and go, come and go. Dispensation, come and go. In the New Testament, after grace, after the resurrection, after the outpouring on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes and he resides in us forever. Okay. So we have a different approach to this. So John 14 was where God took me in the scriptures. Because in John 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. One thing that's part of brokenheartedness is separation. Separation is someone you love. And so Jesus was preparing them for the separation. He was preparing, but they didn't get it sometimes. Sometimes they just didn't get it. And you'll see that in John 14. But if you go back and look at John 12, you will see where Jesus said, I'm about to be crucified. They are going to crucify me on a cross. I am going to die. They didn't get that. In John 13, he's, he, again, he's trying to equip his disciples. But he's in the process of the Last Supper, he says, there's going to be one that betrays me. And that was Judas. And he left. And so the, the disciples, again, are going, oh, no, what's going on? here and then he spoke to peter directly he said peter you're before the the rooster crows three times in the morning you're going to den- before the rooster crows you're going to deny me three times that you even knew me and peter is broken hearted over this so he's trying to tell his disciples listen something's coming and you're not going to like it necessarily but i want to prepare your hearts for it so he says in john 14 1 let not your heart be troubled You believe in God, believe also in me. Listen, that let not your heart be troubled means this. Let not your heart be stricken with fear. Let not your heart be anxious. Let not your heart be distressed. 
Anybody anxious this morning? Anybody in here having some distress or stress in your life? Anybody in here this morning stricken with fear? Well, God says that's not what he desires for his children. He does not desire for that for you to live that lifestyle of brokenness. He wants to heal you today. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Hallelujah. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Through him, through me. Listen, I want you to tell you the first thing I want you to understand this morning is that there is hope for the brokenhearted. Hope for, say hope. You got hope this morning. Jesus was speaking to the disciples. They didn't understand exactly what he was saying, but he was saying, listen, I don't know. Whatever you're going to go through, I want you to know I am ahead of the game. I am preparing a place for you. I'm not just preparing a little shack up in heaven. I'm preparing a mansion for you. I like the word mansion. So some of us have never known what it's like to live in a mansion, or we've never, maybe you've visited one, you've gone through one on, on a museum tour or something. We went to this mansion in California, I forgot who, who even owned it. It was massive, 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 massive. Had to pay to get in to see the mansion. But Jesus tells his disciples, don't be troubled in your heart. You believe in God, believe in me. My Father's preparing a place for you. See, that's a future hope. Say, I've got a future hope. See, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, he's already preparing a place for you. Some people say, well, uh, how we live our lives is, is, is what determines the building materials. I don't even know that. That's not scriptural. But I believe he knows what he's preparing for us, and we're, whatever it is, it's going to be good. Amen? The second thing I want you to understand here is that God has answers for the brokenhearted. Verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Now, first, in the first passage, Thomas questions Jesus. Uh, we don't know exactly where you're going, okay? And this time, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is where that fits. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified where? In the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want you to understand something. Thomas didn't get it. He didn't understand it. He didn't have full knowledge of it. Philip didn't understand it. He didn't have full knowledge of it. They were asking Jesus, what's the answer? How many of you have been through brokenheartedness? Maybe you're right there right now, and you don't understand why it's happened to you. You're going, you're going through some stuff. God, why is this happening to me? And you don't have all the answers. But I'm going to tell you something. He says he has the answers. He says, if you will ask me, I will show you. I will give it to you. So many times we get in the dark places, in the, in the brokenness, in the tragedies of life, or the loss of a loved one, or the loss of a job, or the loss of a soulmate, or, or a breakup in a marriage, or whatever it is. You can just fill in the blanks because there's a lot of them. 
You can fill in the blanks, whatever you want to fill in there. But sometimes we get in the midst of those and we forget that God has the answers. We forget that God has, uh, he has got a future for us and a hope. We forget that he is in the midst of our trials and our tribulations. We just forget simply to ask him. I love verse 11 because he says, listen, guys, even, even if you don't get it, he's talking to Philip, even if you don't get it, just remember what you've seen me do. See, if you're in the midst of something and you don't understand it, maybe it's an illness, maybe it's a pain, maybe it's a, a, some issue in your life you're going through and you don't understand it, you know what you can do? You can always go back to the times that God showed up and answered the prayers. And you can go back and say, look, God, I know you did that once. You're not letting me down this time because you're there for me all the time. But in our humanity, in our flesh, when I went through what I went through a couple of years ago, when they, when they cut out my colon, I had questions. Y'all don't think I had questions? I am, I am a human being, man. I'm telling you, I had prayed and prayed and prayed. God, heal me of Crohn's. Heal me of this, this disease. I don't want this disease. I don't like this disease. Get rid of it. And when I had to have emergency surgery and all these things that happened, don't you think I'm going, God, what's the deal? But you know what? I've seen God heal time and time and time again. I've seen God restore and replenish and renew and refresh time and time again. And it's because of his love and his grace and the fact that he says, Harold, I'm not done with you yet. And I could grab hold of that and know that he is God, that he has not forsaken me, that I'm standing before you here today preaching the word of God. God is good. In the midst of your trial, God is infinitely good. The third thing is there is help for the brokenhearted. Listen, this is going to encourage you this morning. There is help for the brokenhearted. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. He said, I'm going to give you some help that he may abide with you once in a while. No, he says that he may abide with you how long? Forever. Say forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Say, I know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You know what an orphan is? Somebody that has no parents. God says, listen, you're not orphans. He's telling the disciples, listen, I'm leaving. You're not going to be orphans. I'm not leaving you alone. I've got somebody that's coming alongside you. You know what the, the Holy Spirit, one of the titles for the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He comes alongside us. He comes alongside us. How many of you know in the midst of your brokenness, the Holy Spirit shows up and comes alongside you? And holds you up and bolsters you and encourages you. But you've got to know that, church. You've got to believe that. You've got to receive that this morning, that he sent the help for the brokenhearted today. Romans 8, 14 and 15. And one of the beautiful passages that Paul wrote, he says, For many of you are, as many of you are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say, I'm a son of God. You are, even if you're a woman, you're a son of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Say, I don't, I don't have that bondage anymore. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He's our helper. He comes alongside us. He's adopted you. Man, who would you rather adopt you, Donald Trump or God Almighty? <laughs> that wasn't really a good comparison, was it? Well, a lot of people would like to be adopted by Donald Trump. Because he's a billionaire. But God is a multi, 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 multi everything. 
God's got us covered. We are adopted sons and daughters in Jesus' name. We are not orphans. The next thing he does for us is that he, lo- he has a love for the brokenhearted. He has a love for the brokenhearted. Look at it. Verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. Can you imagine? Just put yourself in their place, in the, in the place of the disciples, Murray. Just sitting there thinking. He's talking to hey, in, in a little while, you're not going to see me anymore. Their first thought is they're probably not going to hear the rest of what he's saying. Right? Have you ever been that way in a conversation? Somebody says something that kind of shocks you, but they keep talking. And you don't know any. My wife says I do that a lot. <laughs> she tells me something, and then I get the first part of it, and then I'm thinking that's when I'm supposed to. And she said to go to the, what, was it yesterday? I want you to go to Walgreens. And I already had Walgreens picked out of my mind. It was the Walgreens right down here. But the rest of her conversation was the Walgreens on Sherwood Way. So we're getting out. We're turning. She said, now, you do know it's the one on Sherwood Way. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I know because you just told me that's where we're supposed to go. I just heard Walgreens. So here, these things. Listen, he says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. And that at that day you will know that I am the Father and you and me and I and you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. In the midst of your trials, in the midst of your tribulation, in the midst of your brokenheartedness, guess what? He loves you so much he'll show up. And manifest himself to you. That word manifest means he'll make himself known to you. He'll reveal to you. He'll reveal himself to you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, you've been down and out. Man, you're down for the count. You're on the canvas. And the the guy, the umpire, the referee, whoever they are, what are they called? Referee? One. Man, the count is going and you're like, God shows up. So get up off the floor. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, here's another. Here's the third guy, the third disciple questioning God. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word, words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the, but the Father's who sent me. I want to tell you something, and Debbie Griffin just jumped all over it this morning. I forgot she sent me a text, but I'm not going to look it up. But she said, because this is what I said, in the midst of, of our trials and our tribulations, you know what can get you through a lot of times? God's going to manifest himself and love you, but you know what he's asking for you to do in the, in the process? Obey him. Obey him. If you don't see God's hand move, obey him. If you don't see the manifest presence of God, you don't feel the Holy Spirit. Obey him. You don't get that goosebump feeling, oh, God's showing up in the midst of my trial. Obey him. Walk in obedience. She said obedience is a great definition for love. God's God's definition for love, she said, is obedience. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. She said, God showed her that this week, and and then it came out of your mouth. God wants us to obey him even when it doesn't look good, church. There's peace for the brokenhearted, number five. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Again, he brings to remembrance those things he's already done. Then he says, peace I'll leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
And he says it again, church, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I think they were listening at that point pretty closely. When they're all stirred up, he's leaving. Did y'all hear that? Uh, Peter's going to deny him. Judas has left the room. What is going on here? Uh, He says he's going, then he's coming back. I I don't get he's preparing a place for us. We're not getting this. But then Jesus, I believe he just almost like, my peace I give you. See, many Christians don't live in that peace. We try to get the peace of the world, and it doesn't work. What the world offers you, the line dancing and the clubs and the pills and the booze and the sex and the videos and the movies and everything that the world offers you to bring peace to you, that's not the peace that Jesus is going to give you. Let me read this to you again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Because I'm giving you my peace. There's peace for the brokenhearted. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. One of my favorite passages, especially in regards to prayers, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Many of you can probably quote it. I don't know. Uh, When you learn them in different translations, they kind of get jumbled up. But here is the New King James. Be anxious for nothing. Another translation says, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything, say everything, by prayer and supplication. Supplication, a good definition for supplication is praying something through till you finally give it to God. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, never forget in your prayers to thank God for what he's doing, what he's going to do, what he's done. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which the world doesn't know about, will guard your hearts. Listen, talk about healing a broken heart. Let the peace of God come in today and guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And the last thing is there is a future for the brokenhearted. Say future. Verse 29. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world. He's talking about the enemy. Satan is coming and he has nothing in me. Why did he not have nothing in Jesus? Because Jesus was sinless. He was a perfect spotless lamb. Okay. He has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the father. And as a father gave me commandments, so I do. And then he says this kind of a tagline that God just, it was like bold. It was like highlighted for me. Arise. Let us go from here. Some of you get so stuck. Some of us get so stuck in depression and discouragement and brokenheartedness that we can't do anything. We're paralyzed with fear. We're paralyzed in trauma. We're paralyzed in just, I'm I'm not going to step out and do that. I've got hurt there before. I'm not. You know what? There are people all across this world today that don't go to church anymore because they got hurt in church. They got traumatized in church by a pastor or a priest or a deacon or a church member or a Sunday school teacher. They got traumatized. They got hurt, and they won't go back to church anymore. And they're stuck there. Jesus says to them, I'm about to go to the cross. 
I'm about to die, but I have got somebody for you. I've got peace for you. I've got love. The Holy Spirit's coming, and there is a future to be had in the kingdom of God. And he says, listen, arise, let us go from here. I want to tell you, church, this morning, if you're stuck in brokenheartedness and you're paralyzed by brokenheartedness, you are not going to be very much use in the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom of God because the word advance means to go forward. And if you're stuck in no man's land, in the pain and the hurt, listen, God wants to heal you of that today so you can be a force in the kingdom of God. Do you desire to be a force in the kingdom of God? Do you desire to take the, me- the, the gospel message to those who are lost? Do you desire to see the people that are brokenhearted healed? Or do you desire to see people that are in bondage set free? That should be the heart cry of every believer. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you know this by heart. From the New King James, it says it a little different. He says, for I know the thoughts. This is God speaking. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God is thinking about you all the time. We should be thinking about him. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you want hope this morning? How many of you want a future this morning? How many of you want not just a future that in the by and by, and the, you know, in the great, in the great by and by in the, in the sky in heaven, how many of you want a future that involves heaven coming to earth now? How many the kingdom of God coming to earth now? That's what he's wanting for every one of his children. He's preparing a place for us, guys, but we're not there yet. And some people, let's, I'm saved, I'm going, I'm done. I'm just waiting. That's not what my Bible says to do. It says arise and go. Let's get up, guys. We got something to do. John 16, 32 through 33, God, Jesus says this. Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone. And yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. You are not alone this morning. You may be in a crowd of people today, but you feel like you're all alone that your heart has been broken, it's been ripped apart, it's been torn to shreds, and you think, man, I'm alone. Jesus was not alone. You are not alone. He says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. These things I have spoken to you, that in me, Jesus says, that you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have sorrow. You're going to have pain. Right? Anybody exempt from that? I don't, I don't think so. He said he, he's prophesying. He said, in this world, you're going to have this stuff because we live in a fallen world. But he says, in the midst of all that, be of what? Good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so in the midst, in, in, in the midst of your broken heart today, if, if you're suffering from that, maybe you're here this morning, man, you're, you're scattered in your heart. You're torn apart. You're ripped apart today. Many of you, are, you feel hopeless. You're filled with pain and grief. And you know what? You're the only person that knows it. You're hiding it really well. You suppress it really well. I believe today is your day for freedom. 
I believe today is a day he wants to heal the brokenhearted. I believe this is an assignment. I believe that the timing is God's timing. I don't believe that I just pick a sermon and say, oh, I think this would be a good Sunday to preach that God ordains these things. And he wants to work in and through you to bring healing to you. Could I have all the mystery team? Could you stand so the mystery team can come to the front? Every available team member, you know who you are. Could everybody else go ahead and stand? Uh, the sermon's shorter today and for, for a reason. Because I feel like that this is going to be a breakthrough day for people. Y'all scoot on across. Scoot on across. Keep scooting, Basil. We got more people. They're all jammed up down the end over there. Keep going. Keep going, Brandy. Go, 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 go. Like herding cats up here. Come on. <laughs> herding sheep. No. Lions, that's better. Yeah, I like that. Go in the prayer room as a cat and come out as a lion. All right. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What? Even the ministry team, I, I just don't want people looking around. I'm, we're not here to embarrass anybody. We're here to pe see people healed. If you could identify with what I've, what I've shared today, and right now you're going, you're, you would say, I would classify it as somebody that's brokenhearted, Pastor. There's some things going on right now in my life that I really, I've just struggled with, and I don't have the joy of the Lord, and I'm not walking in his peace and his love. If you're here this morning, you're in the midst, you would identify and say, I have a broken heart, Pastor. Would you just lift your hand up quickly? All over the room, a broken heart. That kind of breaks my heart. When I see that many hands go up. But it also gives me great joy to say that this is your day to be set free from that. You can put your hands down. I want to ask some more personal questions. Because to get healed of a broken heart, can I tell you the, one of the greatest things that you can do is to forgive that person that hurt you. How many of you have been hurt by, by a parent or a guardian? Just slip your hand up real quick. Put it back down. Oh, wow. All over the room. Have you been hurt by a pastor of a church? Lift your hands up. That's too many of you. Have you been hurt in church? Just been hurt in church by church, by the by the the organization of church. You just been hurt by church, all over the room. The 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 very best thing you can do for those of you who raise your hands is just begin to forgive that person or persons or even that organization. Just begin to forgive them and let them go and loose them. Because the enemy will work through that to keep you at bay, to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. And God wants to set you free from that and heal your broken heart this morning. And I'm going to ask this, that the ministry team, when you come forward for prayer, those of you, the first time I ask, that raise your hand. You're in the midst of brokenness. And listen, it can be so many things, guys. It can be so many things in your life. But a lot of it is just right now you don't want the pain anymore. And you're ready.
ready to give it away and release the pain to the Lord because he's, Jesus took that pain on the cross for you. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, for those people that are in the midst of brokenness, really suffering from a broken heart this morning, Father, today would be their day to be released from that so they can be effective in the kingdom of God, they can be effective in their families, and, Father, that they can bring glory and honor to you because they can go and say, look, you want me to tell you what Jesus delivered me from? He didn't just give me a, a quick fix. He healed my heart. He restored me. He wants to restore you today. Would you receive that restoration today in Jesus' name? Amen. Would you just step out and come? If you raise your hand this morning, come to one of these people and let them take you to the prayer room or to the fellowship hall and let them pray for you. Come on, come quickly. There's a bunch of you, and we want to pray for you. And I want to alert the ministry team, after you've prayed for somebody, to come back in and stand in the front so we can have more people that need prayer this morning. Step out and come if you need just to be healed from a broken heart. Just to be healed from a broken heart. Release that pain this morning in Jesus' name. Give that to the Lord this morning. Listen, I can imagine, I can imagine, I can see a church full of people that are free. What, what an explosion of love in this city. If we can get 300, 400 people excited about Jesus that are not carrying all the baggage. They're not carrying the baggage anymore. If you need prayer this morning, we want to pray for you. need prayer this morning, we want to pray for you. Joe's available to pray. Are you guys available to pray over here? Abe and Darling, are y'all praying with somebody? Anybody else? Mary Lee, you want to go with Joe and pray with Stephanie? I give you all that I am. I give you all that I am. Some of you may just want to come and kneel at the altar and forgive some people this morning. That's the first I said some of you may, may need to forgive me. I don't know. I'm not the perfect pastor. If you find one of them, let me know, because I'll, I'll show you. You can ask him. He'll tell you he's not perfect. This is not the perfect church. Maybe you've been hurt here. You just want to come and lay that down at the altar this, this morning and say, you know what? I want to get things right. Listen, it doesn't mean you write a 10-page letter to somebody, okay? It doesn't mean you've got to make a phone call to somebody to forgive them. You do it right here in, their, in your heart. They may already be in the grave. Your parents that you've that, that mistreated you, they may already be in the grave, but God wants you to honor them by forgiving them today so you can be free to be that good parent that God's called you to be. So whatever the need is this morning, maybe you just want to come and personally bow here at the altar and give that to the Lord. We invite you to come this morning. This is a day of deliverance. This is a day of healing. This is a day of freedom. Okay? You're welcome to come. Give.